I definitely think empathy is a big one. Um, I've, I've worked for previous managers who, um, you know, over time haven't even sort of asked me how I am. Um, so it could be months without a proper conversation. And, and I think those those build up, you know, those, those moments of, you know, not having those real human interactions, you know, with your boss or with your manager. Um, and over a long period of time, your relationship sort of breaks down. Um, so I think it's important to have that that empathy and that human side of a, of a managerial relationship. Hello listeners and welcome along to the Mind to Lead podcast, the podcast where leaders are made. Whether you're a CEO, manager, teacher or parent, I believe everybody can be a leader. My mission is to help my listeners understand the skills, traits and mindset of what it takes to become an exceptional leader. I'm your host, Georgie Hubbard business owner, career, and mindset coach. So if you're ready to discover the mindset it takes to lead, then this is the podcast for you. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Mind to Lead podcast. In today's episode, I interview Jacob Vandervelde. Jacob is one of the IT operations managers at Compare the Market. We discuss what it takes to be a great leader, what impact he has had on his team, what he looks for when making a new hire, and how he tests for those softer skills such as kindness and empathy. For anyone who's just stepped up into a leadership role or who is looking to implement some new ideas and tips into managing and leading a team, do not miss this episode. Jacob comes up with some amazing points. I hope you enjoy. So welcome to episode number four of the Mind to Lead podcast. I am with Jacob today. Jacob is a hiring manager at Compare the Market. Jacob, amazing to have you here today. For those who don't know who you are, could you give a little summary and a bit about your background? Yeah, uh, so I'm Jacob Vanderveld. Um, I've been in the software industry for seven years now. Um, I've, I've been a software dev for about five years and over the last two years have been a team lead mm-hmm. uh, and an IT operations manager at Compare the Market. Um, recently I've just left and I'm now a senior software engineer for a startup, mm-hmm. uh, repeat.gg, which is an async gaming tournament platform. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to making contributions there. Fantastic. So how long were you at Compare the Market for? Uh, I was at Compare the Market for almost three years. Three years. Wow. So you started there as a software engineer and then moved up to a leadership role, which Co- is correct. Yeah. fantastic in three years. What, so what's really interesting, and I speak to quite a few developers who make the leap from development to leadership, what, what were some of your challenges, I guess, from making that leap if you like from going from development to leadership yeah um there's, there's definitely uh, tension within the team when a co-worker becomes your superior mm. um so that was a an interesting transitional period mm-hmm. um yeah. let's i'd really like to dive into that because mm. i just think a lot of the audience would be really interested to know how you went about dealing with that mm-hmm. so yeah how did you go about um managing I, that? I think the key was basically reassurance um, and uh, you know you sort of convey a message that you're on the same team um, you know it's not about me being the boss and, and you being a developer now um, it's about you know we're uh, trying to achieve the same goals and we're working together and and you know we, we should just crack on with it mm-hmm. and in terms of your mindset at that time so 
obviously obviously you were promoted because you were very good at what you were doing so what i've what i've sort of noticed is when people get promoted is because they are very good at their job and then when they step into a leadership role they they're better <laughs> than the other developers because they've been promoted but how did how did you go about not wanting to jump in and sort of micromanage because obviously they were doing your old job mm -hmm. but to step in and encourage yeah. instead um so i think at that point i took a step back from the hands-on coding um, and um, put on more of a mentor hat mm. um, so it was more about um, not necessarily uh, critiquing what other people were doing but um, in, in terms of code reviews for example um, you know making sure that they were uh, achieving the objectives that they were set out to do and, and offering um, insights or recommendations sort of based on history. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And in terms of that whole feedback piece, mm -hmm. so when you're sitting down, you're doing those code reviews, if if you were to see something that wasn't perhaps at the standard that you would want, how did you go about managing that conversation? Yeah, um, so I mean, it's just as simple as a conversation. Um, mm -hmm. You try and sort of understand their mindset, what they were thinking about. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the thing with coding is you can solve one solution a million ways. Um, so they might have done something previously that's a little bit different to how you would have done it. Um, and you just sort of talk through it um, and, you know, try and come to the same conclusion. Um, and if that doesn't happen, you know, it's not like a... Um, a slap on the wrist because they've done the wrong thing um, it's not even necessarily wrong it's just different um, and their way could be totally more valid than you know my opinion so mm -hmm. yeah it's just just conversations so having an open conversation in that sort of safe i guess environment mm -hmm. where they feel that they can open up to you as well i think that's yeah look, i think that's really powerful and looking back sort of in the early days when you first stepped into that leadership role were there any mistakes that you look back and go oh wish I hadn't done that or um yeah so I think uh over over the years I've I've tried to identify things that I don't particularly like about interactions with other people mm -hmm. um and one of those is when people commit my time without consulting me first mm -hmm. um so there were a few times when um general managers or people sort of above me would come to me and and say oh you need to do this now because I've committed you to it um, and in that moment sort of retrospectively I would get quite red um, mm -hmm. and not necessarily aggressive but very mm -hmm. defensive mm -hmm. um, and um, it, it's about being mindful of those mm -hmm. um, so yeah so that all comes so what what I'm getting from that is you were self-aware enough to know yeah. that you didn't like that yeah. yeah so how then did you go about pulling in those boundaries and yeah. what did you do to sort of take yeah so that i mean the, the times it sort of did impact me um for example a gm came over and and said you know there's this issue in production you need to drop everything you're doing and fix it and i was already resolving the issue um and he was sort of hovering over me and, and getting more aggressive about it mm -hmm. um and at that point i just sort of stopped him and said look you and i need to have a conversation in a private room mm -hmm. um you know that was in a very open space in the middle of the dev area um, right. so i was sort of taking that confrontation away from everybody else and then just yeah. discussing yeah. you know what the what the issue was and what i was doing to mm -hmm. rectify it mm -hmm. and resolving it quickly and i think this is part of the the issues you get in probably bigger corporates is that these things fester mm -hmm. and then they can tend to kind of build and then yeah. all, all of a sudden it just completely explodes. Yeah, yeah things do explode. <laughs> um, that's, that's very true. Uh, we had a reporting issue once and 
everyone thought it was the end of the world, but it was just the server time was wrong. Yeah. And, and there was really no problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's all part of the leader, right? To sort of take the overview and just go, right, everyone just take a breath here yeah. and let's actually address the real root of the yeah, cause. Very and much, yeah, you sort of need to slow everyone else down and say, look, let's understand it before we just go restarting servers or yeah. shutting things off. Yeah, exactly. Especially like a big company, like Compare the Market. Like you, you I mean, obviously huge brand and very sort of respected company as well. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, these things need to be addressed quickly very and efficiently. Much, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you've mentioned there a little bit about a, a few things that people have done poorly in the past. So can you give a few more examples of what you would ex- what you've experienced as that whole poor leadership and the impact it had on you at the time? Um, so poor leadership of myself or? No, poor leadership in terms of like what you've experienced, yeah. like but even outside of Compare the Market, you know, so I think we've all worked for people who aren't the the best leaders mm-hmm. and it's always interesting how 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 it actually impacted you in that moment when you were you know when they were sort of going off on a tangent or whatever they were yep. doing at the time um i i definitely think empathy is a big one um mm-hmm. I've, I've worked for previous managers who um you know over time haven't even sort of asked me how i am um so mm-hmm. it could be months without a proper conversation and, and i think those those build up you know those those moments of you know, not having those real human interactions, you mm-hmm. know, with your boss or with your manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and over a long period of time, your relationship sort of breaks down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's important to have that, that empathy and that mm-hmm. human side mm-hmm. of, a, of a managerial relationship. Absolutely. I completely agree. I think empathy is, is huge. And what, I mean, do you think that's something that can be taught? It's a tricky one. It is yeah. a very... You know, everyone's everyone's different. I think, mm. um, and I think those with a natural tendency to lead generally have those empathy. Mm-hmm. You know, they're sort of brought up with it. They mm-hmm. they try and relate to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be a very successful manager as a stonewall, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I think empathy really empowers the people below you, um, which is mm-hmm. yeah, really important. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of like I guess situations that you've been in, then that you've had to apply empathy. Could, could you give a couple of scenarios where you had to, you know, sh- express empathy to a staff member? Yeah, so um, I think one of the, the big wins for me as a new team lead at Compare the Market uh, would have been about two years ago now. We had a new member join the team. Um, he'd moved here from South Africa. It was his first job in Australia. Um, and he was, uh, he got put on a project and there was quite a lot of eyes on the project. Um, so he was feeling a bit overwhelmed um, you know, wasn't quite sure if he could um, perform, keep up with the velocity of the team, uh, and, and just really doubted himself. Um, and so over, you know, a period of weeks, I was sitting with him very regularly and was sort of talking through the problems and, and trying to get to the root of, of what the issue was. Um, and then um, I spoke to one of the other team leads and we moved him around, got him into a, a more sort of comfortable position where he could, um, you know, slowly build up that, uh, confidence mm-hmm. um, and you know two years later even 12 months later he's one of the top performing members of the team Amazing. Um, and he was he, he was on the verge of leaving like it mm-hmm. was it was stressing him out mm-hmm. so much that he was going to leave the company mm-hmm. um, and yeah to sort of turn that around was yeah. really awesome amazing and look in, absolutely incredible story and I think that that is just just proves how empathy is so important 
when when do you like this is where i think the people get like the blurred line so um, obviously we can have empathy but if if a staff member is continually underperforming and empathy will i, I mean for anyone is going to wear thin so what is the point that you'd get to where you go i can't help anymore like you either address this yourself mm -hmm. or you're going to have to to move on so where where do you think that point is yeah it's really really difficult um i think uh, there are times, like uh, every situation is different. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes people are willing to accept help. Um, mm -hmm. Other times, people are more closed off and, and very anti-help. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you just need to assess each situation. If you're not making any any headwind with that particular conversation, um, you know, you can park it and try again the next day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they might be having a particularly bad day. Mm -hmm. They might be having struggles in their home life. But if you you know, find the right moments. Um, mm -hmm. Even taking that setting outside of an office and getting a coffee or going mm -hmm. for a walk really helps you yeah. know, break that tension and, and sort of get through. Yeah, I think that's really powerful, taking it outside the office. I think that's probably where a lot of people go wrong because I think when you're on like neutral ground, people are more open. Yeah. And, and how important as a leader do you think it is to get to know people on that personal level? Mm -hmm. um, I think it's hugely important. Mm -hmm. um, I... At one point, I had 16 reports at Compare the Market, and wow. I would get a coffee with every single one of them at least once a fortnight. Amazing. Um, so, it was, yeah, it was really cool. We'd go mm -hmm. downstairs, we'd go to the, the cafe there, we'd get a coffee, mm -hmm. um, and the first 10 minutes, we'd just be talking about personal stuff, yeah. um, you know, sort of easing the tension, mm -hmm. um, getting everyone ready to have a chat. Mm -hmm. you know, how's how's your girlfriend? How's mm -hmm. your, your Tinder dating going? <laughs> um, and then, you know tell me what's bothering you about work and mm. then you know you sort of break into to that side yeah amazing mm. i mean the amount of people i speak to that you know they they don't know you know the staff members wives or you know like you know, children or whatever and i think it's, it's really important for me with my team to know them on a personal level as well and what drives them and you know why are you coming to work every day what yeah. gets you out of bed in the morning mm -hmm. um we're talking of which you have just become a father so yeah. congratulations Thank um you. Love to know, like, so, so now that you're a dad, are you, you know, obviously you've brought this beautiful life into the world, and I'm sure you'll be like, your head's going a million miles now. What kind of world do you want to create for this little person? Yeah. But how do you think it will change your your leadership style or who you are as as a person a bit? Uh, I think I can take a lot of my leadership from the office and take it to home. Mm. Um, so I think as a leader, you need to be patient and again that empathy and sort of understanding where other people are coming from mm -hmm. um, and so having this you know little baby that's dependent on you mm. it's it's pretty incredible and mm -hmm. so you know he'll be crying and, and you don't get frustrated you just go it's okay you know mm. and just empathize with them you mm -hmm. know it's I love that so you're comparing parenting with with managing people mm -hmm. which is it yeah it, it totally makes sense and my whole philosophy is everyone's a leader whether you're a, you're a parent or you're managing a team of you know 100 people you know like you are leading yourself and, and that person. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess going back into the the work world, so you mentioned a little bit of before about setbacks and when things went wrong. So how how do you sort of keep your team, how, how did you keep your team motivated when there were setbacks and, and things weren't sort of always going to plan? Yeah, um, again, I think it's just a lot of communication. Um, mm -hmm. You you Because you build up that rapport with people, you have that, personal i guess friendship mm. um you know you can have a conversation and you know if someone's made a mistake have a bit of a joke about it mm -hmm. um there's, there's been a couple of times when 
uh, developers have taken down production or, or done something and you know you come up with a new nickname for them yeah. and you know poke a bit of fun at the situation yeah. and, and just try not to make it so serious um but yeah, um yeah i think fun just fun just bring it back to being fun yeah make it a place where people want to come yeah have fun yeah. um you know get the work done but mm-hmm. do it in a way where you want to come back the next day yeah um instead of punishing someone mm. and then mm-hmm. the next day they go well i don't want to be here anymore yeah well that's how people learn as well right mm-hmm. you know you make a few mis- mistakes you know, yeah. well not a few you make <laughs> uh, hopefully just one um you learn from that and and yeah it's not making a big mountain out of a molehill and yeah. making somebody feel isolated and shame them yeah, and exactly. to make them feel vulnerable so i think that's that's really important um and, and what advice would you give to somebody who say they're listening to this right now and they just love everything that you've just said about leadership they have just been promoted from a software engineer to a team lead what advice would you give to this person um get to really know the people who are reporting into you um try and understand um what stage of their life they're up to um and use moments of your life to relate Mm. my biggest piece of advice i love that and in terms of that whole leadership piece i mean obviously as a leader you I believe you know you lead by example. So, what what do you do, sort of you know, daily, monthly, whatever, to really c- ensure that you're continuing to learn and develop and improve your own skills? Um, I listen to a couple of uh, podcasts on Spotify at the uh-huh. moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Be awesome at your job, I think, is one of them. Oh, okay. Um, and I can't remember the other one. It's just saved, so it's easy to yeah hit the play button and <laughs> mm-hmm. continue on. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I think a big thing for me as well is um, I'm pretty brought into the uh, Google suite of products. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every time I look up something or research something, um, I constantly get suggestions around that topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sort of through um, passive browsing, mm-hmm. I get more and more suggestions from Google, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I love podcasts as well. So that's, that's incredible. I listen to them you know when i'm commuting when i'm in the gym and you know just there i think they're fantastic i think you can just learn something incredible like every single day from people and you know power of technology right mm-hmm. yep. so for people who say they don't have time to learn and develop what mm-hmm. what would you say to to them um i think there's always time to even just passively listen to things um you know while you're cooking have it on in the background um, I like Rocket League, the video game, so I'll play a podcast while playing Rocket League, which you can play with the game without sound. Um, you know, jogging again. Um, I think there's many moments in your life where you can passively listen to things, and if something, you know, pricks your ear, you can rewind it, which is, mm-hmm. you know, awesome as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think as well when people learn and develop themselves, they don't always implement as well. So. I think it's really easy to listen to something, oh, I love that, and then you sort of forget about it. So how, when you listen to a podcast and you think that's brilliant, how do you sort of then ensure that you do implement it into mm. your own life? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big um, doer, so I need to sort of mm. do something to remember it. Yeah. Um, so when I hear something that I think is powerful, I'll try and make a note of it, um, and then I'll try and do it the first chance I get. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I think one of the takeaways I got from a podcast was the ARC concept, which is um, appreciate, reciprocate, and then concern. And if you sort of apply that formula to any sort of situation, you can generally get across a concerning message with a nice 
um, you know, introduction into that so they're more receptive to it. Um, and so I found a moment, you know, almost immediately the next day mm-hmm. where I could apply that and Brilliant. it's solidified, I think. Mm-hmm. Did it go well? Uh, it did, yeah. Good, yeah. good. I love that. I'm going to try repeat that again. That was uh, appreciate. Appreciate. Um, re- oh, sorry, reassure. Yeah. And then concern. Right. So, you know, I appreciate what you're trying to do. Yeah. We're on the same team. Yeah. Um, you know, but this is a problem and we need yeah. to fix it. Yeah. Um, Brilliant. Yeah. That's, I think that's such an incredible, powerful way of addressing things as well. So again, love that you learned it and then the next day implemented it because it is all about the speed of implementation. Yeah. And I'm the same. I, I learn quite a lot every day and I'll pick the things that I'm really passionate about and I go, oh, I must, must try that. And mm-hmm. um, I, I find as well if I don't do it the next day, yeah. you know, you sort yeah, of forget. A new piece of information yeah. comes in and pushes something that you haven't yeah. done out. Exactly. Yeah. So let's sort of dive in now into a little bit about hiring because obviously that's how we met. We, we've worked together before, which was amazing and you were really great to work, for, really, really good to work for. So in terms of when you come to make hires into your team, mm. what sort of traits do you look for? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, we're talking about empathy before and how mm. it's, it's something that's difficult to teach. Mm. Um, and so um, for software engineers, a lot of the, um, mechanical or technical skills are things that you can teach um, so when hiring we really look for those soft skills um, you know how how do people respond to various questions various situations and scenarios um, you know examples of of things they've done in the past which um, are similar to how we would do it at compare the market and try and find similarities um, and then just talking about things that interest them and things that they like about technology because um, it's, I mean, it's changing so rapidly to try and pick someone based on a technical skill when 12 months later it's a different skill. You need people who can adapt and shift and, and have a passion for the underlying technology versus mm. this particular framework or language. Mm-hmm. What, okay, I really want to pull <laughs> this apart because this is really, really good and this is something that I am really passionate about. So I totally agree. I think the technology is changing all the time and you know, if you were hiring for, say, I don't know, a JavaScript framework today that might be not being used in, in 18 months time yep. so you said the softer skills there so empathy huge um what other softer skills we, would you sort of be testing for um i think a big one is um motivation um, mm-hmm. how, how motivated a person is to do a particular task mm-hmm. um, and then um, on the sort of flip side of motivation is discipline is how disciplined they are to achieve their tasks Um, you know you can't always rely on motivation it's a bit fleeting Um, whereas if you're disciplined you achieve what you set out to do Um, so if someone mentions something that they have set their mind to it you talk about that and say okay did you meet that objective why didn't you what could you have done to you know really drive home and then meet that goal Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. so I think discipline's a big one as well absolutely and could you give maybe a couple of examples of the types of questions that you would typically ask in an interview yeah so um uh, in technology a lot of people um, generally have like side projects or things they do at home or or play Mm -hmm. around with Um, so you sort of dig into those um, pastimes Um, and so you sort of ask about projects that they're doing on the side Um, you know what is they like about them what are they trying to achieve by doing it Um, and then if they don't do side projects outside of work um, because technology does change so rapidly um, you ask questions around how they um, continue to stay up to date 
given that their technology is you know five years in the past where they're currently working um, and just trying to understand you know what motivates them about technology what makes mm-hmm. them passionate mm-hmm. and as a hiring manager if somebody did have a side project for some people they th- would see that as a bit of a red flag mm, but yeah. what's your what's your thoughts there um I, i'm all for it i think yeah. it's a uh, you, you can take learnings from work and apply that to your personal mm-hmm. life and you can take mm-hmm. learnings from your personal life and apply that back into work. So mm-hmm. the more you work and build with various tools and technologies, the better you are as an individual with your skills. Um, so I see it as an absolute win. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a growth mindset right there. Um, so let's talk about maybe a couple of red flags. Mm-hmm. So what if you were interviewing somebody, what would be a red flag for you? Um, I think a, a big red flag that gets me is when someone constantly says we. Um, so you're sort of asking about their achievements and what they've done and, and things that they work on and it's a it's always a collective we and you never really get a sense for what that individual does and that's who you want, right? You want the individual. So um, when you use the we did this, we did that, it's hard to get a clear indication of what they actually contributed. Um, so that's a little bit of a red flag for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I think is naturally what people say. It is, yeah. Yeah. So that's a bit, you, know, you sort of need to put in some leading questions about how you contributed yeah. to it and um, you know, try and get them out of that yeah. n- normal language, really. Do you think it's a little bit of like a, a confidence thing? You know, like I don't want to say just me or I, you know, yep. could it be a bit, a bit of a self? It could be, yeah. 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 Interesting, yep, interesting. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about culture because i think well i know we've spoken about culture before in the past so what do you think defines a good culture um i think at the end of the day a good culture is um you look forward to going work when you get Mm. up you look forward to going to work when you Mm -hmm. get up um I think that if, you, if, if, if you've got people who feel that way coming into work, you really hit the nail on the head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what sort of things would could a company do to sort of really try and make that happen? Yeah, so the, the dev team at Compare the Market would say uh-huh. a ping pong table. Okay. <laughs> we have one of those upstairs. They're just too lazy to walk up the uh-huh. stairs. Um, but I, I think it, it comes back to um, fun. Yeah. Um, you know, you... You, you're at work for most of your life, mm-hmm. you know, most of your day, most of your week. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you want to go there and, and have some jokes with people. Um, you know, you, you've got a job to do, obviously, but, you know, you should get to have fun with it. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, the, the whole stiff back and, and very corporate environments um, could be the death of, of a lot of people, you know, work-wise. Um, but yeah, just just making sure people really enjoy them their time while they're at work, so that when they go home, they don't need to think about it or process what went well and what didn't go well, um, and then they can come back the next day looking forward to it. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And how how as a manager do you encourage collaboration in your? How did you used to do that in your team? Yeah. Um, and so I think meetings meetings are very expensive for companies. <laughs> um, you know, it takes a lot of time and it does cost a lot to get six individuals in a room for an hour. Um, and so um, I think a lot of collaboration you can sort of do asynchronously. Um, so chat messages. Um, so we used Slack at Compare the Market um, and you've generally got um, channels for projects, channels for um, schools of thinkers, whether they're back-end engineers or front-end or a particular language. and you sort of opt into those communities and you choose how much you want to 
contribute um, and you know you obviously try and and encourage people to contribute but at the end of the day if there's someone who doesn't want to you know you you can't really push them into that um, so I think just having those forums and opening up those channels and and letting people know hey have a chat here um, you know use these avenues to to collaborate yeah perfect instead of sitting in a room and you know because i think sometimes when people are in a room they don't always want to put their hand up whereas when that is online they feel a bit more comfortable to share their idea Yeah, they can paste a link they can put some emojis in there they can have a chat they can think about what they want to write you know copy paste it they can sort of get their intent right whereas when you're in a meeting you know you've got six seven other people you need to wait for your turn to speak you don't yeah. know if other people are going to receive it well yeah and you know everyone else is sort of thinking about other things as well you'll mm. get some people in meetings who are just very disengaged yeah um so yeah yeah it's, i always found as well it's always the same people that talk yes yeah, you know that's a big one. and you know it's it's giving a voice to the people who maybe are more introverted yep. you know and and that's really important as yep. well because you know i think as soon as people don't feel like they have a say or they're not being heard or they're not valued that's when you get that disengagement yep. so i think that's Definitely. really 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 good way of going about it and utilizing technology as well um talking of that i'd actually just love to get your thoughts about remote working mm-hmm. and there's a big talk about it at the moment people are you know some people are for it others aren't what what do you think about remote working yeah uh me personally i don't like it mm-hmm. like like i don't like to work from home i like mm. being in an office and mm-hmm. surrounded by peers mm-hmm. um i i get too distracted at home mm-hmm. i have my bed you got a baby kitchen, now as well I got, the baby, <laughs> I got video games i get yeah. too distracted so i'm yeah. disciplined enough to not want to work from home mm-hmm. um i've worked from home in the past um I, I do like it. It's nice to not do the travel, to be in a comfortable, you know, wear your pyjamas all day and not worry about what you're wearing. Um, uh, for, for other people or managing other people, um, it, it really does come down to the individual. Um, you know, you can, you can tell most of the time if people are working from home and they're not really working. They're mm. just very AFK, as mm-hmm. we say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got other people who are, you know, they come into the office, they're very hard workers, they're very dedicated, and when they ask for an opportunity to work from home, you're much more inclined to allow it because mm. of how they conduct themselves in yeah. the office. Yeah, I think that's it, because I'm getting a lot of people say to me now, like, oh, does, do they offer remote working? And I'm like, well, I think it's almost like you've got to go and improve yourself a little bit first. Yep. I mean, some people, I mean, as a business, we offer remote working straight away because, you know, it's something that we want to do. And I think as a leader, I can't be at home when my team are in the office. So mm-hmm. that's what we've done. But I think a lot of people who maybe are working day from home isn't a thing in the business. They want it from day one. And I always say, look, go in, you know, get to know the team and the management, you know, actually understand what you're doing day to day and then ask the day from home. So it's always a, it's always a, a cringy one when people ask for an interview i've had that happen a couple of times so if someone said to you oh can i work from home and interview would that be a red flag for you uh no no No? i would say it's a red flag we um at compare the market we say um there's a sort of a three month trial period where we get to know you um, and then we would give you the ability to work from home Um, and then it's a case by case so um work from home is the exception not the norm yeah um but we're very open to it yeah. it's very rarely we say yeah. no to a request yeah um, and and when you did that did you have it all on the same day 
or could they pick their days? No, so it generally the scenarios where, you know, I've got a contractor coming in in the morning, can uh-huh. I work from home? Right. You know, it's generally those types mm-hmm. of situations. Ah, okay, yeah. So um, it wasn't like a regular thing no, week yeah. by week. Yeah. Okay, um, that makes sense. There were there were occasions when someone needed a re- recurring day off on a mm-hmm. Wednesday, for example, to mm-hmm. do something with daycare. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're amenable to those. Yeah. Yeah, and that's great because then that also actually the whole daycare piece that actually then attracts more, you know, a lot of females, you know, going into the tech industry now as well. And I'm I'm all for that, you know, I'm all about empowering women to do to to work in technology. And I think, you know, from having the conversations I've had with a lot of women, they do want to work for companies who have got that understanding about daycare. So be interesting now because you're a dad and your parent yourself, how much more empathy you actually have for the parents who yep. are, you know, trying to juggle being, you know, a mother or a father and also, well, you know, yeah. coming to work every day and doing their day job. So um, that'll be an interesting journey for you to go on and one, I'm sure that you'll, you know, become an even better leader from going through that experience. Mm. Um, and sort of final, final question on culture. I think when I've noticed culture sort of starts to not fall apart but become strained is when you do go through periods of hiring and you're bringing in new people into the business. So mm-hmm. if you've got quite a close-knit team, which sounds like you did, how would you bring this per- this newbie in and incorporate them and sort of keep that culture close-knit at the same time? Yeah, um, so I, I would basically be the go-to person for the first week or two of a, of a new starter's life at Compare the Market. Um, generally, the first day would always start with a, a lunch um, and... They were very informal. I'd walk through the office shouting, who wants to come for pizza? Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, it, it's just finding those moments where you can include them. Um, so, you know, the, the ping pong table upstairs, you know, let's go, let's go upstairs and, and have, a, have a hit. Um, so, yeah, it's just about trying to find as many moments as you can yeah. to include that person. Yes. Um, and, um, you know, if they're generally, they're not going to be confident because mm-hmm. they are new and yeah. they're trying to get their feet and and understand who are the loud people who are the quiet people who are the people they can relate to um so um yeah i think it's just mm-hmm. you know just try and find as many opportunities yeah. to include them yeah i love that and final question if you could summarize in in one sentence what the role of a leader is what would you say uh it's to empower uh yeah, to empower those mm-hmm. um, who who you lead. Amazing. Jacob, thank you so much. I certainly got a lot from that and I'm sure everyone that listened to will as well. So where can people find you if they wanted to look you up? Uh, LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually don't know my LinkedIn name. I think it's just Jacob Vanderveld. We'll put a link. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah cool well thank you so much and honestly like i think you know good luck in your your new role and i really look forward to you know working with you again and seeing how you develop as a leader because i think you've got some amazing traits already so thank you so much thank you Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mind to Lead podcast. If you enjoyed it, please share it with at least one of your friends and please leave a comment. Please like this podcast. It would mean the world to me. Let's connect. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. Georgie Hubbard on LinkedIn. Georgie L. Hubbard on Instagram. I hope you have a beautiful day. I look forward to bringing you lots more content, lots more value. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon. 